Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out MagicalMysteryCamp.com slash HelpingFriendly to learn more. You may already know that SiriusXM brings you the deepest variety of commercial-free music for every genre and every mood. Where you hear the biggest names in talk, entertainment, and comedy, and hundreds of hand-curated music channels designed to fit every mood. Where you get news from every source. Where you can listen to the newly launched Fish Radio, in addition to Jam On, Grateful Dead Radio, Pearl Jam Radio, Tom Petty Radio, and many more. Where you can listen to top comedy channels such as Kevin Hart's Laugh Out Loud Radio and Netflix's A Joke Radio and Sports Talk Radio from Barstool to ESPN and more to keep you up to date on the latest news in the sports world. Most people think you need a car to enjoy Sirius XM, but you don't. Subscribe now to listen outside the car on your phone, online and at home and get your first three months for just a dollar. And if you're a Fish fan, which you probably are, you can get tour updates and shows being played, which are a good complement to our quick hits. Visit SiriusXM.com slash HFPod to see offer details and to subscribe and start listening today. SiriusXM, no car required.
everybody, this is a quick hit for July 13th, 2019, night two at Alpine Valley. You've got Matt here and with me on the line, uh, lucky enough to have two guests today. We've got Ryan Kramer and Jason Ronk. Hey guys, how's it going? Pretty good, man. Thank you for having us today. Yeah, good, man. Blessed. Feeling great. Excellent, excellent. And you guys were at Alpine Valley last night, um, and so we're going to hear all about the show from you. Um, just wanted to mention one quick thing, like I mentioned yesterday. Um, look for a link in the show notes and on our Twitter account and everything to our listener survey. Um, we're getting a lot of really great responses to the survey about um, all the Osiris podcasts. We really appreciate all the input that everybody's given us. Uh, and this helps us um, improve the shows, uh, put on you know episodes and content that you want to hear about as well as connect you um, with interesting sponsors and not just sort of random companies that have nothing to do with anything that a live music fan would be into. So um, with that, uh, let's dive into start talking about Alpine Valley Night 2. It's one of those mornings where you wake up and you look at the internet and people are arguing about fish. So um, either (laughs) depending on who you listen to, they're either the greatest band of all time and they're achieving a new peak in their career or they are absolutely awful. They have no idea what they're doing and we should all just sell all of our remaining tickets for this year. Uh, where do you guys fall on that, uh, on, on, on terms of which side of that argument uh, are, you, are you landing? Um, why don't we start with Ryan? All right. So, so from my perspective, um, you know, I, I started seeing these guys in the mid-90s and a lot of noodling back then, you know, and, and high energy and big peaks and all that kind of stuff. And, and, um, it always felt like the jams were never super concise. Right. And when I was in school, they taught us, you know, when you're going to make a statement, you make a concise statement and, um, get it out there. And I feel like these jams may not be, um, the length that people are looking for when they do hit them. It's big time. Right. But they can still put a lot into a small statement, I guess it's kind of my point. And I don't, I don't, I go to these shows to have fun and, and see something that just makes me stop and respect who they are as musicians. So I don't need them to play a 35 minute tweezer every show or anything like that. That I love to see it. Don't get me wrong, but I don't, I don't need that every time out. Um, and like last night, there was a, there was a handful of things that I saw that I just absolutely loved. And there's just nothing like being there, you know, and you get around a lot of like-minded people and yeah, there's some people that talk and that that kind of stuff goes on, but it's not worth, uh, you know, wrecking the band over or anything like that because they're aging. Right. And, and I just, I don't know. I I don't, I don't get worked up over it. Like some people that you read. Um, and I don't know if Jason has a take on that here. I'll Mm -hmm. hand him over there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm done. So I, I left mid first set. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm the same boat as, as Ryan. Um, you know, I'm there to, like we talked about before, like connections. Like it's sometimes after a while, you know, what am I at the show for? And it's like you just see all these connections with other people. Like I met this other guy, Ryan Murphy, at the gym I work out in. And then I meet his brother, and we're both on the recovery path and um, recovered alcoholics. And then I introduced ryan murphy to ryan kramer and they have the same middle name same favorite number and it's like he's the east coast kramer and this is the midwest kramer it's like 
like a bromance budding in front of me. And it's like, that's what, that's what fish does. It brings us together. And then we go to the show and we're having a great time and screaming and rock. I'm like a little schoolgirl, you know, when her hit song comes on, when they play sloth and it's like, I'm good. I've been there. I've had the stuff that people wish they could have been at. And it's not about being, being there or not being there or better than her or whatever. But, uh, you know, we were on the way up there last night and I said to them, I was like, you know, we could have 20 more years of this. We really could. And I'm looking forward to it because my son yesterday was four, you know, had like a 10 minute meltdown. I'm like, I want to go see fish. I want to go see fish. And then I showed him the Harry Hood video and he just sat there for like 10 minutes, just replaying it over and over again. So who cares? Scoffers be scoffed, you know, let them, you know, whatever. Yeah, I don't care. They're going to, haters going to hate, right? So let them do it. But I love it. I, who cares? absolutely in love with fish where they are right now. And I don't even go back too much anymore and listen to the old stuff. I want to know what's going on right now. So, and it was a great show. Awesome. Show. Well, you, um, Ryan, you kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of like, um, what the, where the arguments are falling today, um, which is they're doing these sort of, uh, micro jams, which our own Jonathan kind of coined that term, uh, a tour mm-hmm. or two ago. Um, but, the question being like in shorter periods of time, um, are they going as deep as they would in a 25, 30 minute jam? They're just such Jedi's that they're able to get there so much faster. And there's a lot yeah, of people that, that a lot of people are agreeing on that. And that, but then the, the, I think the counter argument that you're hearing is yeah, but it, think about if they are getting that far in a couple minutes, how far they could get if they did take it out for 20, 25 minutes. I mean, does that, how does that sit with you guys? Oh, I, I agree 100%. They, the point is they can do what they want when they want, right? So, I mean, when, when you can get a, a birds of a feather like they did, you know, on this tour, that's a birds of a feather, right? It just goes to show they can do it whenever they want to do it. And it's not that they're holding back, but, you know, they want to get a lot of songs out. That's just what it seems like to me, right? And I don't, I don't want to call it like a jukebox or something like that, but at times it feels that way. Like you get straightforward, um, uh, songs, you know, and then you get a blaze on last night where it's like, here's a, here's a little taste of what it, where it could go, but we're going to pull back. Right. And that's, it's what they want to do right now. So like he said, you know, we're lucky enough to, to be at some major jams, you know, and just from some of the shows that we've seen together, and for me, and it's just, if it, like, I'm taking my daughter now, right? This is her last night was her second show and she's 10 and she's begging me to go. And she didn't get to go to Vegas tour closer with me. And that kind of ate her up a little bit. But, you know, when she turns and looks at me and smiles when Runaway Jim starts, because she absolutely adores that song, you know, that, that makes it for me. And then they, they play it as well as they did last night, you know, and I don't want to get ahead of myself because I'm sure we're going to talk about the set a little bit, but that's the stuff that, that you know, makes me even almost more happy now. Right. Yeah. 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 And I, th- I think, I think a lot of people are experiencing that, like whether it's through kids, I mentioned, you know, I brought a couple of first and second timers to Camden and being able to sort of re-experience some of this. And at the same time, understand that, as you said, you know, the band can and, and will do whatever they want at any point. Um, and I don't, yeah. I, I don't think there's any sort of deficiency or anything. I think they're just doing exactly what they want on any given night. Yeah, it's that hundred percent. 
Yeah, and to add to that, I don't think they're doing it on a on a level of selfishness where they're they're walking on stage saying, "Screw these guys, we're going to play what we want to play," and and they can do what they want to do. I think it's to a point where, you know, being a musician myself and and Kramer Ryan's a you know lyricist, and we've written songs together, and sometimes like I've I've had those moments playing music where in a uh, improvisational part where you, you kind of get to that moment of where you feel the connectedness, like almost like the universe is like right manifesting you can get that too while singing the song like listening to trey sing shade like i'm sitting there thinking yeah i get it watching him like really enjoy singing that song and i i enjoy watching them have fun that's for me like like they're out there having fun i'm like man this is great these guys have a ball <laughs> yeah yeah for sure so let's let's get into it and then uh and talk about the show now um i believe you guys were not at night one that is that right no okay no, no. so um, so you're there last night. Uh, are you going uh, tonight? No. Okay. So this last was on home. Oh, so yeah, this yeah. was a one night only. So for me. one night only deal. You guys went on Saturday Four night. Days. So um, set one. Um, the, you know, Friday night. I don't know if you guys agree, but uh, it seemed like the first set was uh, received a lot better on Friday night. Um, tell me about uh, the first set last night. Any specific highlights that stick out for you? All right. Well, this is going to be. This this is this is almost perfect. I think it's really going to be the, the the tale of two you know two two different tales of the same show. Because me and my friend Ryan Murphy, we um, lined up to get our our wristbands for the pit, and we got in there early and we're you know right in front of Trey, like two or three rows back. And the first set to us was just the energy in the pit was crazy. It was rocking and people were going nuts and all this. It was just a lot a lot of fun and just so high energy. Um, and the second set too was, you know, a little more improvisational, but, uh, that'd be, you know, so the first set to me was on fire, but to Ryan, it might've been a different story. Yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, I thought it was just really pretty straightforward for the most part. Now I'm not saying like, it was really cool to see an ICU. My daughter was a, uh, a NICU baby, you know, she was two months early. So when that hit and we've talked to her before, Hey, and ICU is what, where you were at for, you know, four weeks of your life. And uh, I know there's a big argument over what, what that really is is it nickel copper is it you know in an intensive care unit is it in ic whatever but to me when i see an icu that's immediately what i think of and then having her there she jumped up in my arms and we watched you know from most of that whole song so so i love that and then um like he said shade i very well played um it absolutely 100 percent. the entire lawn was dead at that point but then they brought it back with funky bitch and um hit a couple peaks in there it wasn't just totally standard you know there was a couple extra page peaks or whatever and and uh, then you get i don't remember what was after that but a fuck your face was in there somewhere and that was real nice to see sloth. the sloth was sloth great yeah i enjoyed that so i mean i i didn't we we got we talked about this on the way home last night and like i i was just kind of like he awesome. said you better go he said you better go and say you know this first set was the better set i'm like that's not how i felt so i'm not i'm not gonna say that oh, God. you know i said this is to me, it was is mostly straightforward, and yeah, the Blazon had a little bit in it. That was the first real jam of the night, and and I talked to a guy actually um, in set break. I was kind of wandering around, and I said, "Hey, what was your favorite song?" You know, and he said, "Well, Blazon, I thought was really good." He goes, "Make sure." And this, this guy was uh, from Athens, Georgia. I've never met him, but I just stopped him and said, "What was your favorite song?" You know. So he told me that, and I don't know. That's just kind of who I am, man. Sometimes I'll just talk to people, right, and see. Yeah what get gauge their self, but we definitely had a differing opinion yeah. between Jason and I about last night, but, um, I, first set, yeah, yeah. First set. I mean, I, 
Yeah. It was, uh, so I got up this morning early with the kids and my wife and we're getting, having coffee and stuff. And I say, Hey Kenny, so when, when Kramer gets up, you know, and my wife does not, does not like fish, not, not on Twitter. I said, tell him, you know, Twitter was lighting up last night with the best first set of the tour, best first set of the tour. <laughs> <laughs> she, she comes down and she, I said, Hey honey, what did your Twitter feed say last night about the show? She said, Oh, best first set of the tour. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, poor shit. <laughs> 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 that's funny yeah it was um it, it seemed like much more typical kind of first set as opposed to friday night where there was a little bit more meat uh than, than yeah. you usually get but um really strong blaze on i thought uh that's actually the second longest jam of the um of the whole show after the harry hood um but yeah a couple of dips in energy there i'm not the biggest fan of shade um but on the other hand like if you're gonna slow it down they played frost and i really love frost i think that's a great song um but then you had you know some of the high energy with sloth and fuck your face and my friend my friend uh final that's actually yeah, my friend, my friend was my daughter's been to two shows. She's seen two my friend, my friends, and two Hallie's comments. So go figure. Oh, uh, that's awesome. And then char- yeah. character zero, which um, I've said in the past, you know, people that have seen a lot of shows tend to um, not love that song just because they've heard it so many times. I never get sick of it. Um, and yeah. I thought I thought it was interesting seeing at the end of set one instead of the end of set two or the encore where you usually see it. And it seemed it felt well, kind of like the Santos in Charlotte. It was like a really really energetic way to head into set break. Yeah. Trey was those glasses were gonna fall off. <laughs> he was yeah, it was pretty pretty smoking. Yeah. So then we get into um we get into set two and I had not that we were there, but um just in terms of listening to the show, uh I this would have been the perfect show to bring my daughter to. Uh Haley's Comet is what she's named mm-hmm. after, and then her favorite song is Santos, so they got that in the encore. So when I told her and my wife that they played Haley's and Santos this morning, they were both kind of freaking out about that. So I'll have to <laughs> I'll have to let her watch that part of the show. Um no jam on the Haley's, unfortunately, but then from that point forward, I think you know what I've been I was kind of sharing what you know I was live tweeting during the show last night and I have this thought I keep coming back to which is everybody always looks for sort of like the theme of the tour right 97 funk or 99 kind of ambience or something like that um it feels like this tour is becoming more and more about space and slower, more deliberate playing. And that's where some of the beautiful jams open up. But I feel like that's also contributing to flow of these second sets. Like on paper, you look at a bunch of not too long songs, mostly 10 minutes or under, but in actuality, when you listen to the set, it flows so well. And there's all these sort of delicate, beautiful moments that happen. And I've got to imagine that when you're inside the venue experiencing that, that it really, really pays off. I mean, what did you guys think of that? And and how did you um, uh, receive set two? Uh, That's, that's where I was at, man. The whole, I mean, honestly, and that this is where the argument started last night, because (laughs) I I just said, you know, from a song, I hear the ocean sing the rest of the way out was why I was there, you know? Um, just some great great stuff all through there the the um un, the undermined uh drum fills um i mean i'm a drummer you know at heart that's how i got into music in the first place so fishman going off like that was awesome i love seeing that and and then uh that get back on the train ending was just top notch man so i absolutely enjoyed second set and i, I loved it way more than the first set 
if you can't gauge that already. <laughs> <laughs> so as a, as a drummer, what do you think about um, all the, the positivity that's been around Fish's drumming this summer? I mean, it seems like, I don't know what happened if he just is practicing like crazy or something like that, but he seems to be in rare form on this tour. He's the man. I mean, he always has been. <laughs> You're asking me, this is why, this is why this is my favorite band. I mean, yeah. it, it, I know back in the early nineties that you could say it was, as Jason likes to say, sometimes it was Trey and three guys, yeah. you know, cause he was firing off solos and all that kind of stuff. And it was the original tab, but, but Fishman uh, has always been holding it down, you know, and yeah. it just seems like he's driving jams better, you know, now. And, and, um, but that's the reason I started listening to this band in the first place. First time I heard him, I said, this guy's legit. And, and that's all there is to it. And from that's where the love started. You know, it, it wasn't like a specific song that I heard that when, you know, a lot of people say this, I got it. You know, I got it when I heard him. And I was like, I this, if this guy can, if this guy can do this and do it every night. It, yeah. It's, that's why I love this band, man. That's <laughs> so awesome. So I, I love it. He's getting a lot more love, you know? Yeah. And then from there, you know, you, you fall in love with the things that Paige does, or you know, and Paige is real crafty about um, throwing in some real good licks that sometimes go way unnoticed, yeah. you know? And uh, then Mike's just, you know, he and Fish are just in lockstep. And that's the thing you, you, for me, it was love Fishman and then everything else kind of fell in place, you know? Yeah. So last night, Paige was sweating his ass off so bad he had to take his glasses off a couple times and put them up on the piano. And Paige was getting into it. Yeah, you could see he was. He had a towel next to him and he was just like wiping himself off constantly. And um, I heard, I, 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 my understanding is it was way hotter yesterday than it had been the previous night. Yeah. It, you know, it, the thing is, like, uh, when we got there, we kind of hung uh, in the shade next to uh, where the line was for Jason to get his uh, wristbands. Kind of a VIP. So, it was warm, but we were always in the shade. And then when, when uh, it finally came time for us to go in the show, because we weren't trying to get in early, we were just going on the lawn and find, trying to carve out a little spot for, you know, three of us. It was, uh, it, it didn't feel as hot to me, I guess. But there wasn't like a ton of airflow, I guess. So it's that's probably where it's come. But I did hear people all over the lot saying how hot it was. And my wife kept saying, this isn't that hot. And then again, I also, I coach um, travel softball. And I stand on a field, you know, for four or five games in a in a given Saturday or Sunday, and it's like ninety five degrees. So I'm maybe I'm just desensitized to it. I don't know. I was hot because this asshole made me literally run the cooler back to our truck and I had to run back, <laughs> literally running. I, I was sweat. I was waiting. I was waiting in line, sweating. No, no, you said it. You hit the nail on the head. Perfect. And there's probably not a lot more to add to it. I mean, if you're there, it was it was pretty. It was awesome. And it's one of those things I don't, uh, I try not to compare, you know, anything to what I've witnessed. Like, like Trey always says, like, you know, in the moment, in the now, right now, everything's perfect. And like, it was really awesome. And you, you hit the, the nail on the head with the space. And that's what I kept thinking is like them creating that space. And the most amazing thing about Fishman is, is like listening, you know, the, the rhythm section of, of Mike Gordon and, and John Fishman is absolutely incredible to watch. Cause if anybody's ever tried to, play bass or any even like rhythm guitar with a drummer who's doing what he's doing it's almost damn near impossible unless you're that good of a practice musician like what fishman does is and i i sat there and, and watched him for probably half the night and it's just like he's like a he's got like eight arms and like six legs what he does it's just um 
it's, it's, it was pretty special to watch him get at it. Yeah, but he has he's on this other level of, you know, what did you know? What do they say about fishing? Like he's always practicing. He's always asking them to send them stuff to work on. So these these guys just aren't, uh, you know, hacks getting up there trying to jam it out. They're they're really seasoned seasoned vests as, as we all know. So, but they're attacking all these jams with a purpose now. Yeah, that's exactly. the difference, yeah. right? Yeah. So, Jason, yeah. if you preferred the the first set, what was the differentiating factor there that made that better for you? The company I was in, more okay. than anything, probably. Ryan's a new friend. We made a great connection. We both do CrossFit together and met there. And like CrossFit's this community of people who are not fish fans. And randomly met him there. And he said he was from Maine. I said, hey, one of my favorite bands is from up there and kind of played there. And he said, well, who, he stopped like, who's that? And I said, fish. And he's like, instant. Like, and we went to Rosemont together. But being there with him and him calling, he called the bag opener. Then he called like sloth. And it's just like, literally like jumping up and down hugging them and like you know just that it wasn't the songs more than it was probably just the company of both of us being really excited you know to know that me and him are together on the same thing we probably get to see fish twice a year our families are at home and we're here having fun and in a safe environment i'm going to get all these guys home safe and protected and um just the company probably more than anything yeah that's awesome. He so didn't have to watch it with me. That was the deal. I didn't have to watch it with <laughs> so it sounds like even though you guys had a, a, a difference of opinion on the on the yeah. sets, um, yeah. to get back to this question we started out yeah. at, the, yeah. at the top, uh, you, it sounds like you guys had an overall positive experience, and there's and there's yeah. you know nothing to be arguing about at this point, right? No, hundred percent, man. It was it was a great time. I, yeah. That's what I go for is a great time, and maybe they they do something that. I, I go think about, you know, when I go home and they did and the second set was for me, they, they gave me some stuff to think about. Right. And, and remember, sear it into your memory banks. You know, I can think back to, you know, uh, Bowie in 98 at Deer Creek. I love the ending of that. It's still in my head. Right. So this, this undermined ending will be in my head for, I'm sure a lot of years to come and to get back on the train ending will be in my head for a long time. And the look on my daughter's face when they play some of these songs that she just loves, you know, and, uh, those are the things that, that I won't ever forget, you know? Yeah. Same here. And I'm, I'm also, too, if those people that said fish, should, they shouldn't stop, they're horrible. All right, well, then, how about you stop? Don't buy your ticket and don't sit, you know, don't take up 15 dance spaces in the pit for two people and give me your ticket and let the people that want to be there be there, you know? That's good. <laughs> There you, you there, just don't show up. There you Fine. go. There you go. I think <laughs> I think that's a good way to encapsulate it. So, well, thank yeah. you guys both for uh, for coming on and, and sharing your yeah. experiences with us. We'll let you get thank back you. to your Sunday afternoon. Um, if we're going to yeah. send everybody off with a, a jam clip from last night, what do you guys think we should highlight? Mm. We'll let Kramer pick this one. Yeah. Well, I'm the drummer, man, so you can give me that undermine and make sure it gets Fishman wailing on it. Yeah, if you is. want to go another direction, I'd say that get back on the train ending, but either uh, one of those, man. Right. Yeah, it's gotta be the undermine. How about yeah, let's yeah. do the undermine. Uh, because yeah. I think you're right. Fishman Fishman was a beast on that last night. So yeah, yeah. all right, everybody enjoy this clip of Undermine from last night and Ryan and Jason. We'll talk to you guys soon. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts.
Now we're going to take just a minute to hear about another great podcast on the Osiris Network. You can listen to all of our shows at OsirisPod.com. Across the Margin, the podcast is a show that brings you in-depth interviews with notable authors, artists, musicians, activists, filmmakers, and introspective eccentrics of all kinds, diving deeply into topics that demand deeper examination and illustrating the notion that there are captivating stories to be found everywhere. Across the Margin, the podcast is proudly in the loop. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a and b with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.